only very recently realized my blind spot around the concept of pursuing happiness. If I have this as a goal, by definition, I'm always pursuing it. Therefore, not enjoying, not being fully happy. I'm your host, Anna Malikian, and before we start with today's show, please remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. When we hear the words mindset limitations, we often think about our beliefs, conscious or unconscious, that constrain the way we see, think, and feel the world around us. These beliefs affect our present reality and also impact what we can envision for the future and the possibilities we choose to explore. Often, we are not aware of these limitations. They are mindset blind spots, and as such, they are hidden. Sometimes others can see them, but we don't. It often takes many painful life circumstances to expose them and give us the impetus to change. Visual blind spots are great metaphors for our mindset blind spots. When we are driving and look into the side view mirror, we know there is a blind spot that remains there, a zone around the car that we have to turn our head to see it. The eye blind spots are even more amazing. Our eyes have a natural blind spot the area where the optical nerve exits the eye that doesn't have light receptors, so we cannot see any image that falls on that spot. When I first learned about the eye blind spot, I wonder why so many of us never became aware of it. We usually view with both eyes, so one eye sees the information that falls into the other eye's blind spot. And even when we look at something only with one eye, our brain feels the missing information. Our brain tricks us to see what is supposed to be there. Just Google blind spot test to find easy-to-follow experiments that expose your visual blind spot. It's truly awe-inspiring. Our brain can fill in the information that is supposed to be there. One of my biggest mindset limitations was the belief that one of the noblest goals in life was to pursue happiness. That was the goal I aspired to and I was proud of. 
I considered myself an optimist by nature, always trying to see the silver lining in people and life circumstances. I focus on the positive. I wholeheartedly embrace the study of positive psychology, speaking about it, teaching it, and even doing a podcast where most of the topics are about how to cultivate positivity. I only very recently realized my blind spot around the concept of pursuing happiness. If I have this as a goal, by definition, I'm always pursuing it. Therefore, not enjoying, not being fully happy. This is a great strategy to keep detached from feelings, rationalizing everything, and being disassociated from the present moment. When I started to see my own blind spot, I started to see the possibility of choosing happiness at almost every step of the way. Happiness doesn't need to be a goal. It can be a way of being. Choosing to make lemonade out of lemons, adding some sugar, positivity, and enjoying drinking it. Yes, I was doing lemonade before, but not giving myself permission to flavor it or enjoying it. I start to understand why I admire people like Viktor Frankl, Nelson Mandela, and the kids playing in the rebels in a war-destroyed city. I used to ask myself, how could they smile? Viktor Frankl survived the Nazi concentration camps where his mother, father, brother, and wife were killed. Afterwards, he wrote, men search for meaning and create logotherapy, a form of psychotherapy that is focused on the search for meaning. Several years ago, I had the opportunity of interviewing Frankel's grandson, Alexander Vasselli, who describes him as a really interesting person, funny and witty, with a positive energy that will fill the room. I truly admire Viktor Frankl just for life and his belief in the potential in us all. Nelson Mandela is another inspiring human being. He spent 27 years in a prison fighting apartheid in South Africa and is known for winning the Nobel Peace Prize and for having a fantastic sense of humor. My own personal hero, my husband's grandmother, Armin Malikian. She lived through the Armenian genocide in 1915. Only she and her mother in her family of 10 survived the killing of the Armenians by the Turks. She came to the United States in 1923, married and endured the Great Depression with a young son. 
only 4 foot 10 inches in height, full of energy and with a dynamic personality and biting sense of humor. On her 100th birthday, surrounded by family and friends, she grabbed the microphone and told one of her favorite jokes. All these amazing people had just difficult life circumstances, yet they seize every opportunity to enjoy living. I had to overcome two pounds with cancer to learn that pursuing happiness is a fallacy. During my first go-around with cancer, I was diagnosed with inflammatory breast cancer, a rare form of cancer representing 1-5% to of all breast cancers, with a 5-year survival rate of 41%. Six years later, I'm healthy and strong and choosing to be happy. Grateful for the advances in medical treatments, I embrace my healing journey with all my strengths. At the time, my mindset was, I can beat this with all my might, my strength and determination. I came to understand firsthand what is to fight cancer. I did it. I won the battle. Two years later, when I was allowing myself to relax, to start enjoying life again, I found another cancer in my left breast. This time, a more common type that represents 70 to 80% of all breast cancers, invasive ductal carcinoma. I embraced my healing journey and treatments again, but my mindset had shifted. I realized that feeling betrayed by my body and going to war against it wasn't the most effective way to heal it. I decided to embrace what was my current reality and treat my body like the amazing ally it was to help me get through to the other side. And perhaps more importantly, I decide to stop the when-then cycle. When this is over, then I can enjoy life again. No, I chose to learn how to flavor happiness. Even in the midst of cancer, I decide to take the best out of it. For instance, for the chemo, I request to be seated in the treatment chair in front of the window with these beautiful views of the Arizona desert. When all the food tastes like cardboard, I still set the table nicely to enjoy dinners with my family. We even create a ritual of sharing what we are grateful for that day before we start eating. Nowadays, when my 12-year-old daughter's best friend dines with us, my daughter loves to try to list as many thankfulness items as possible. And that truly makes my heart sing. The COVID-19 pandemic has been an awakening for so many of us. Yes, some are still holding their breath, waiting for 
when things will go back to normal. Others dealt with lockdowns by communing with nature, rediscovering their creativity, writing that book, picking up that paintbrush, enjoying that favorite room in the house, or embracing extended time with family. Whatever your circumstances, what mindset limitations did these crazy times reveal to you? Were blind spots exposed to light? What can you learn about yourself, the ones around you, and the world? Can you train yourself to focus on the good stuff? Can you train yourself to enjoy, to flavor every bit of the good stuff? What strengths can you develop to help you be more resilient? What inspiring action can you take to be happier and live a more meaningful life? Thank you for listening and remember to visit mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. There you can find all the episodes and other amazing resources, all at mindset.zone. As always, I'm so grateful you are here. Expand what's possible. For you, for the ones around you, for the world. <laughs>